this is Selena McKenzie and this is episode one of our Talking Heads podcast. Join, joining me today are Rachel Garrod and Michelle Mack. Hello both. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so we're going to be chatting about a couple of things today, starting with the C word from the point of view of survivors and loved ones of survivors. Nobody likes to talk about cancer, but it can affect us all. Now, I wanted to talk to you ladies to start with about um, somebody I was chatting to the other day. And I was trying to choose my words carefully and I was trying to say, look, it's horrible for the person who has cancer, but it's also just as bad for Mm. the loved one. And then I thought to myself, I can't say that. That's not fair because, of course, it's not just as bad as the person. And she stopped me. She said, yes, it is. It's just as hard for the loved one. Yeah. Because you can't do anything. I actually think in some ways it's harder. Yeah. Um, Because when the person that actually has cancer is obviously the sick one, is being treated and they're being looked after, everybody's running around. And it's the people that are caring for them that are going through all these terrible emotions and all the fear and all the anxiety and the worry. And actually, there's nobody there for them often. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's that sense of helplessness, isn't it? Totally. Because you can't do anything to help your loved one. Yeah. No. And you see people and they say, oh, how's, how's your husband or how's your wife? And it's like, somebody ask how I'm doing as but well. It's, yeah. it's really, really interesting mm. you say that. I currently have a very good friend of mine. Her husband is terminally ill with pancreatic cancer. Mm. And all of us as a group of girlfriends have made it a very important issue to make sure that she's looked after. Oh, because he's getting all the all the medical care and all the support from yeah. friends and family and from her. She's caring for him at home. She won't put him in a hospice. Um, but she herself needs that. Yeah. And, and actually, we forget about that. I've got a friend here who can't leave her husband. I mean, I have offered to sit with him so that she can go and mm-hmm. walk her dogs and do the things... But she doesn't want to either. You know, she's so desperately worried. She's just no, there my girlfriend, hours. I think, is, is... My girlfriend, I know, is happy to have people help. But she said it's amazing how few people mm. feel comfortable putting mm. themselves forward yeah. in that position. Yeah. Because of the nature of the disease and but how you, we're all... You don't know whether they do want it or not. I mean, I no. again, I was talking to somebody who'd lost a loved one and she was saying, you know, everybody doesn't talk about it and it's awful because they should talk to me about it. I don't want to not talk about blah, blah. But other people might think, well, I actually don't want to keep talking about him. I'd rather nobody mentioned him. So everybody's different. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, everybody is different. So you've just got to ask people, I suppose, do you yeah, want to talk about honest. it or do you want to... I, I think it tends to become quite self-evident there are people there are those that obviously do want to talk about it and find it helpful Mm -hmm. and those that would rather just brush it under the carpet and not actually you know pretend it's not actually going on um you have to gauge and you have to gauge exactly you have to gauge what sort of person they are in regard to that that's a lovely thing to do though for your friend that's really really nice yeah that's really it's, it's really great i mean i've got a couple of girlfriends who are in the same area and they've like batch cooked meals and take them over so she's got stuff to take out the freezer and not have to worry about prepping food I mean it it is silly often it's often the most little things yeah that make the biggest difference yeah when you're in that position yeah can I ask you Rachel because I know that you've had cancer yes Um, (laughs) uh, it's it's no use me saying what's it like um but to be a survivor is a great thing yes but you've also been a loved one of, of a cancer yes. patient as well. <laughs> yeah, well, quite a few people um, as a loved one. Um, so, 
Well, I was really, really, really lucky. I mean, honestly. I caught it early. Caught it early. Um, lots of, you know, those sorts of things where you think afterwards, you think, wow, so lucky that X, Y. So I found a lump when I was 45 years of age. And I realised that actually I should have been in the breast cancer screening programme early in the UK because my mum had had breast cancer twice, both breasts, and her sister and their mum. And so it was a strong family history. I'm, I'm surprised you weren't offered screening. I should have been. Yeah. I should have been. Yeah. So when That's I found true. the lump, no, you're absolutely right. When I found the lump and I went to the doctor, I looked it up. And it's if people over the age of 40 with a strong family history should be in a screening programme. Well, I was 18 when my mother was first diagnosed with breast cancer. I hadn't, she was in hospital for my 18th birthday. And her specialist at the time said, when you hit 40, mm. you must be screened. Mm. Yeah, well, I should have been. So, so then fortunately, I found this lump. So I went to the doctor and explained the family history. And he said, right, okay, yes, let's get you into the screening programme. Now that lump turned out to be nothing. It was oh, granular wow. tissue. It was granular oh. tissue. It was nothing. But because I was then in the program, the next year I got offered the screening. And actually, that was just as we'd moved here to Spain. And I literally said to them, well, I don't think technically I'm allowed the NHS care anymore. And they said, well, you're still... I was At that time, I was still working yeah, remotely mm. uh, in the UK. And they said, no, 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 you're still working, paying taxes. So have your, have your screening. And then... Anyhow, that was when it was it was diagnosed. Wow. The a mam- was it a mammogram? Yeah, they did a mammogram, and then from the mammogram, it was one of those all one 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 shop stop yeah one stop yeah one stop shop. <laughs> so you go and you you have the mammogram, and then hopefully then you get the results, and hopefully that's going to be negative, and you go home. But if they want to do something more, they will then do um, the ultrasound, and then they decided that they needed to do biopsy, and I think. If I remember rightly, they actually did. Did they do an aspiration test? Yes, they did do it there and then the same day. So, I mean, it really was the same day. And then I got the results that, yes, there was something. Were you on your own? Yes. Blimey. Well, I think, if I remember rightly, it was so obvious from the radiologist's um, face. Yeah, she'd she'd done the mammogram and then she said, oh, or somebody had done the mammogram and then she she had the radiologist had to do the ultrasound and so she's doing the ultrasound and she's sort of going you know Mm. and um i said oh well she said there's something here and i said oh maybe it's a cyst and she went no it's not a cyst that's nice (laughs) i thought oh right okay so i know what's going on so when they did the biopsy the aspiration biopsy i was fairly aware that it probably was but because my mum had and my aunt both had had breast cancer and my mum unfortunately died of lung cancer so all the episodes of breast cancer that they've been in our family have never been fatal, except for, of course, um, my husband's first wife that is what killed her. Right, yeah. Oh, crikey. So, I mean, funny that, um, I mean, my mum's first cancer, first breast cancer was many, many years ago, you know, 40 plus years ago now. So there wasn't the knowledge there is now. Mm. Um, she then had 20 years between her first and her second breast cancer. Yeah. Um, and the second one was really very, it, it was really fortunate. She hadn't been due for a mammo, but they, she'd got a, um, for her regular checks from mm-hmm. her oncologist, but she'd had a letter through from the NHS for a, they were just doing a screening, funnily yeah. enough, in the car park. 
at, the, at the local hospital. Wow. And she went along and they picked it, her second one up on that. Yeah. So, um, How long ago was that? Oh, well, there were 20 years between the two. Crikey. Oh, right, I'm just trying to think. It must have been Claudia. Had I just had Claudia, my eldest daughter? So, yeah, it must be about another 23 years ago. And then she's recently had three more. Cubs. Oh my really? god! Yes, she's amazing. Yeah, she looks three more. amazing. She's had cancer of the mouth twice. Oh, in the tongue. Wow. From, from lichen, uh, is it lichen, lichen planes or something like that? It's a, it's a. Um, oh, um, leukoplaca, leukoplaca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something <laughs> like that. I've not got a clue. And it developed. It developed, and she's had. Um, a large proportion of her tongue removed mm. um, and then they unfortunately gave her um, radiotherapy which really wasn't the right thing for cancer of the ta- mouth and tongue Oof. and it then promoted it to um, and it metas- metastasized mm. and it went into the lymph in her neck and at that point we took her back to the UK to a very special uh, onco- oncologist centre mm. because Head and neck as a specialism yeah. doesn't exist in Spain. Oh, does it not? No. That's crazy. So you could have only seen um, an ENT mm. or um, a maxillofacial. Right. Um, and because it was in the lymph in her neck, and it really was, the operation was so critical because it was the only thing that she could have yeah. this time round because every, op- every other avenue had been explored. It was really imperative to get the off absolutely mm. spot on. And you were treated in the UK as well, weren't you? Yeah. Which, <laughs> so they, they gave me the results. We were here. We'd just moved in. We'd moved in. We'd been living here for a year and having had the house done. Um, and again, I said to them, I don't think I can be treated. And they said, no, no, no. We want to treat you here. I went to the Brompton. They were very, very, very good. Um, yeah. So the biggest pain for me, the absolute biggest pain was the fact that it was so sad because we'd just moved into this house and so we had family visiting for the first time but I needed to be back in the UK for the radiotherapy okay. um, and Jerry I think my husband so I think he, he's he's trying to be nice and send me family videos and all the rest of it and I'm thinking oh you know I don't so of course he couldn't be with me because he had to be here for family yeah. um, and we stayed with I stayed with a friend who lived close to the bottom where I had the radiotherapy and yeah, I mean, I was really super lucky. I mean, it hadn't spread to the lymph nodes. Um, I had minus, well, I had surgery that you wouldn't even know. You could, even sometimes I forget which breast it was now. Well, I think my mother was very, very fortunate. She was under, we had a fantastic family GP. We lived in, when she first was diagnosed, we were still living in the UK and she had an amazing family GP. And she said to the GP, I've got private medical insurance, mm. but if it was you, where would you want to be? Yeah, this is what they were basically and said to me. she said, there's only one place I'd want to be, and that was the Marsden. Yeah. So we lived not that far from the Marsden Actually, in Surrey. It was the Marsden I went to. Um, at that time. So she had her she's first to the op- op- operation. No, that's Ch- uh, Kings Road, where mum went for her last op. I can't remember. So there's one in, they've got the two centres, one out of town, one in town. However, the guy that she was under was an amazing... Um, uh, amazing surgeon and his name his name was John Gazay and they used to call him JC <laughs> Jesus Christ oh, right. they said he was so <laughs> brilliant and back then and I'm going back so I'm 
pushing towards 56 and I was 18 so you can work that out if your maths is good um, she was treated in a um, for that first cancer she was in a, a, a group of guinea pigs oh right oh, wow. she was one of the first 500 women in the UK to be given combined radiotherapy and chemotherapy for breast cancer at that time. Blimey. You didn't have to have chemo and radiotherapy, did you? I had the radiotherapy for four weeks, I had the surgery, and then I had tamoxifen. Oh, right, which yeah. has got which chemotherapy in it. Yes, that right? so that's the thing. To, so basically, I had what they call um, estrogen-loving breast cancer. Yes, that's what my mum yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. and, and to be honest, it's um, what we call old lady breast cancer which oh, has a bit whether it's yeah. hormonally driven or yeah, not so it like it basically liked estrogen yeah. so therefore um, I sadly lost my middle sister-in-law to that at the age of 48 well we don't know I don't know now what Jerry's wife what type of breast cancer she had but it was obviously yeah. I mean it was also a long time ago you know 30 yeah. odd years ago yeah well, this same is why I think my mum was so fortunate mm. because over 40 years ago well, that was the same with my you know, grandma. I remember when yeah. I remember when they gave my mother that diagnosis forty years ago, and I was, as I would say, seventeen, eighteen, and I f- was terrified. I was. I literally remember coming back from seeing her in the hospital when they told her that it was cancer. And as you say, it was the c word, and the c word yeah. back then was the c was word, the wasn't c it? Word. Yeah. And it was, you heard it, and you thought it was a life sentence. Well, it was, yeah, exactly. And for many people, it, it was. was. Yeah. So I got back, and I literally remember shutting the front door behind me and literally sliding down the front door and sitting there crying, thinking, is my mum going to live? Yeah. And look yeah. at her, she's amazing. Yeah, she's yeah she is. 82, and she's she like bloody incredible. Lazarus. Yeah. The treatments now, though, are incredible, all the mabs. Um, yeah. yeah, and they've just got some phenomenal treatments well, now. My, my grandmother, it was I was 15, so it was a long time ago, 40 plus years, and um, she had breast cancer, and again, they couldn't do anything then, but this sort of brings us a little bit onto another subject, which we probably don't want to talk about, but they gave her three months to live, mm. and she was in hospital that whole time, and every time I went to see her, she was crying in pain. Oh, no. Now, why do we put dogs down? And we don't euthanise people. I know it's an entirely different subject, but she was begging for someone to do something. They'd given her so much morphine. Really? But she was in agony. And I was thinking, why, why can you... If she's going to die anyway... It's different if she could be saved, but if she's going to die anyway and she's in pain for the rest of her I'm life. I'm so against it, it though. Are you Absolutely. really? 100%. Yeah. And you know it's just been um, approved in Spain. In Spain, yes, yes yeah. I am aware. No, I'm yeah. very against it because I think it's very open, open to abuse. abuse well it is except the, the the hoops that you have to jump through for it now here and the places that are, it is le- legislated are so enormous that it's it's almost impossible yeah. to but they won't be straight with time with that will change. time i i potentially agree look at um, i mean if you take abortions and things like that it used to be you're supposed to be seen by two doctors yes. and it doesn't happen yeah. now but i do think with this it's so definite that they even, are going to be very even if it is moment. i mean you can take you can imagine very easily an older person whose children are saying oh you know it's terrible you're going to mm. die you've only got a year to live or whatever having said that i know somebody today that took their life in the uk because they have incurable ms they are in absolute agony well they can and they why have do we done. need well they can i mean apart why, and, and that's why i say assistance 
Unless and you need assistance, that's yeah. where the problem yeah. comes. Yeah. In. My, my grandmother was, wasn't in any fit state, and I, I do but understand. I what, one sec, I do understand that um, it's open for abuse. Of course, it is, and there could be some really bad people out there that that would abuse it. But I still think in I situations still, like that, I think morally, it's not our right to choose when we die. Do you really? Do you I do not think it's out. Well, I mean, suicide is supposedly a sin. I mean, I'm not religious, so I don't think about it in terms of sins. But I think morally, we don't have the right. But isn't it our body and our lives? Well, it might be our body and our lives, but I still don't think we have the choice. We, I don't. Well, I don't believe that we should have the choice as to when to die. I mean, I realise that medics extend life massively, so we're taking choices there. But I. And the other thing I don't like about it is that I, it will just mean that palliative care goes out the window. There's no, not enough... No, I agree with you There's on not that. enough support for palliative care as it is. <laughs> and the reality is, people should not be dying in suffering and in pain. That's very true. In this day and age, why are we still here? Yeah, I was just yeah, about to yeah. say to you, what I'm surprised about is back in the day when your grandma was ill, back in those days, they used to literally just put them onto the morphine and just slowly mm. increase it until they faded away. Yeah. Well, surely that's not allowed because that's... that's well, no, yeah. that's what happens. It, that's what used to happen. It's it still an unwritten happens. rule. And it right. still happens... It's what happened ...without, you know, without too much knowledge. Um, but it, I agree with you. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I probably, the, you know, the, if anyone who's out there listening to this who's got <laughs> incurable disease and is a yeah. big... I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm in the minor, minority now. I think I, I'm in I the minority. No, I'm not sure. I mean, the, there are pluses and, and against for it. But if I, if I switched it on its head... Do you not think it's the same for animals? I mean, if Columbus was suffering... No, it's our bid. absolute responsibility and right to stop our pets being because that's our only job but is do to you look not after feel the pets. same with a human then no i don't i don't not with your not with oneself no i don't think it's our right or our responsibility see it's interesting because i think if you ask my mother who is now 82 um and who's had cancer numerous times um she will agree with you funnily enough she is very anti this well, the, yeah, I wouldn't want to watch her. Well, that's yeah. the problem. You yeah. would be the one saying, oh, yeah. mum, it's terrible no, to see you suffering. I, I would say, uh, yeah, but I wouldn't ever... No, I know you wouldn't pressurise would her, be, but then she might suffer. I would never pressurise no. her. It has to be their choice but then and their decision. It would be incredibly hard for her to watch the suffering that you're going through, back to what we said originally. So she could do so, it. So, so she would say, yeah. oh, darling, of course, I, you know, yeah, I, I think I this is the, the most sensible thing for me to do. Mm. is to have this approach mm. particularly when you're older particularly when yeah you're older. i think so although she's her view is like yours she feels that it will you know get watered down and, um, and unfortunately it down. will become a, a problem i mean at the moment it's in spain anyway isn't it only for terminally ill people yes yes um, you have to rule out mental yeah. health disease yeah. but again i'm sorry but how can they actually rule out mental health disease because the reality is aren't you going to be anxious and depressed and if you've been given a terminal <laughs> say, the whole process can take up to three years yeah right so i mean so, you know you've got to survive those three yeah, years yeah or you could go to switzerland well, exactly. That's another thing. You could go to Switzerland. Uh, in terms of assisted death, I don't believe I, I don't believe anybody has actually been prosecuted severely for assisted in the right situations. Mm. Um, I mean, come on. All right. What was Shipman doing? Yeah, that, that's where it could be open to abuse. Yeah, Absolutely. Shipman yeah. thought. Yeah. I mean, Shipman's belief system was such that he thought he was putting people out of their misery. Mm. 
Even though some of them we actually dug not that I was going to say, that yeah, some yeah. of them weren't that But that's what he claimed. just a serial killer. Well, he was. He yeah. was, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> bad example, Rachel. Bad example. But it's, yeah, that's what he said he did. That's what he said he did. And it is open to abuse. You can imagine somebody who didn't really care for, for their mother or their father very much, but they were loaded. You know, you, they could abuse it. I, could... I have to be honest and say, I have said to my daughters... If I ever find myself in a position where I've got a terminal illness and it's going to be an unpleasant end, there's the money, send me to Switzerland. Well, you know what? You. But that's, that's your right. But that's yeah. my choice. Yeah. And also, it, is, it does exist in, in Switzerland. Yeah. And I mean, there are... I mean, I'm not... I mean, it is a bit of a morbid topic. <laughs> Isn't it? That. How did we go on to this from... Yeah, OK. <laughs> but, but actually, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about because yeah. it's a morbid yeah. topic. Yeah. I mean, I had a patient years and years ago. Um, I'm a physio, if people don't know. <laughs> and I had a patient years and years and years ago who was paralysed, uh, um, not from the waist uh, from the waist down, so he still had use of his arms, mm. but he was in a wheelchair. But initially, when we saw him, he refused to enter into any treatment at all because he was so depressed and absolutely didn't want to live like this. And I mean, I, was, I said to him, well, look, if you get rehab you get well enough you can get in the wheelchair and then you can choose to do what you want to do with your life and he actually did do that he um ran himself into a, a off a cliff oh my in his wheelchair God, so no. he did so he did he did what he said he'd do oh wow oh blimey but the reality is for most people there are options mm. you know i was thinking i'm doing a complete 180 now good because <laughs> i'm gonna get myself in big yeah. trouble <laughs> That's coming at me now. (laughs) But you were saying about Claudia and and Leah, um, isn't that giving them a lot of responsibility to say that? I understand why, because I'd be the same. Um, I mean, I I, I said it probably a little bit flippantly there. It it wouldn't be something that I would just go, there you go, kids, there's the money, go and have me put out of misery. Um, But it would obviously be something that we'd discuss. I wouldn't want them to feel that. I would make sure that if they felt that way, I wouldn't ever put that pressure yeah, on them. I, you know, I think that's a, an awful thing to do. And if I thought it would affect them in that way, I would ask somebody else to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I would ask them to respect my decision to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to breast cancer because that's far happier <laughs> than death. <laughs> I tell you what, what's interesting about the breast cancer and the screening program is, you know, the screening programs are pretty controversial nowadays mm. because actually we pick up so many um, false positives and treatment. We pick up so many like cancers. In- yeah, yeah. Interestingly yeah. enough, here they like to do MRIs for yeah. screening. And when I spoke to my um, oncologist in the UK that I used to be under while I was being... Uh, screen there he said to me and he runs he and his twin brother are extremely eminent mm. in their field mm. and um he said to me the problem with the mris is they just detect everything well exactly and the problem is actually you're better off just to have your mammogram mm. um yeah but you see that's another thing the mammogram because i went for mine last week mm. um i read that you can do more damage by banging on your boobs, they squash oh, them I in know. and they push don't them they? down. Don't it's they? like, oh, it's, it's like being ra- like run over and reversed by a tractor. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be at all surprised if Listen, you can do more damage. I, mean, I wouldn't cool. be at all surprised. Put it in a vice, it's horrible. Yeah, I know. And when you've got large boobies, 
Oh, yeah. It really isn't any fun. <laughs> and we're all in that department, ladies, let me tell you. But interestingly, about someone that hasn't got large boobies, from my point of view, as well as my grandma and my mother having breast cancer, of course my husband oh, had breast yeah, cancer, right. which is really, really quite rare. It is, isn't and it? very rarely talked about. Very rarely talked about. I think that's a really important aspect of this, is that it isn't talked about mm. for men. And it no. is prevalent. And it's... It's something that men really need to know more about, actually. Yeah. Well, he ignored his lump because he said, I'm a man, it's not going to be right. breast cancer. And I was ignorant as well and, and didn't push him. No. But to be fair, he had, he'd had he had this lump for well over 20 years. Oh, wow. And it didn't start growing or hurting. It was hurting him uh, until eight years ago when this happened. And he kept saying, well, there's no point in going to, you know, to the doctor. Wow. It's not going to be anything. And eventually we went... And she knew straight away. She said, I know exactly what it is. You've got to go for a biopsy. I had a biopsy. It had then gone into his lymph nodes. Oh. So he had to have all his lymph nodes taken out and a mastectomy. So he had a mastectomy like a woman would, but it's yeah. obviously not so fleshy. Um, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and touch, touch wood, he's, yeah. he's now absolutely fine. But, but yeah, he's very keen for men to know you know any opportunity he'll say to to his friends or people he meets it's interesting yeah he's very it? open about it isn't yeah. it which is great. it's interesting isn't it how the whole big thing with men is the testicular mm-hmm. or the prostate yeah. and yeah. stuff like that and and breast cancer for men is really not no. very rarely touched on yeah. you hear it talked about yeah. so rarely yeah. yeah 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 and they used to i remember one of his friends i mean Lads have banter, don't they? Yeah. He was playing a lot of golf at the time, and one of them was saying, hey, here comes the girl, here comes the girl oh, who's no. had breast cancer. And he laughed it off, and, you know, men's banter and stuff. But actually, that's not fair. That's dreadful, that's isn't it? That must have hurt, fair. actually. I yeah. think so. It must have really hurt so. at the time. Yeah, yeah. But he's fine. You you guys go for regular mammograms, then? Yes. Same as me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, even um, though we don't like them. And, yeah. and, and aside from your mammogram, you should also really, really go for a regular smear test as well because yeah, one of the true. most one of the most common cancers that isn't picked up and is called the silent cancer is ovarian cancer mm-hmm. and that and cervical are on the increase mm. um, and really are things that women should we're too old for the vaccine for cervical cancer yes. is there a vaccine? yes, yes. My, both, my, both my girls have been vaccinated yes yeah, new relatively new um, it, in fact it came out just around the time that my eldest daughter was due for it and my old Obgin from the UK messaged me and said whatever you do make sure you get your girls vaccinated Mm. it's really really that's amazing it's like a game changer in in cervical cancer isn't it just wow and and ovarian cancer and I think cervical as well but ovarian certainly is linked to breast cancer so you've got a higher risk of ovarian cancer if you've got the genes are linked because you've got BRCA1 and BRCA2 yeah but even without BRCA even BRCA negative your increase of ovarian cancer is significantly higher higher if you've had that's another question so go out there ladies and get your legs in some stirrups (laughs) (laughs) and put your boobs in a vice and the ultrasound wands (laughs) oh it's horrible Uh, that is that is horrible ultrasound wand up there mine always says Dr Escobar she always says look 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 at what's I can see inside you I'm like no I really don't want to but just on that point what we'll be talking about just on the the BRCA gene the BRCA gene oh yeah so because I mean, you, you both understand because my mum had breast cancer I, I was offered to get the test for the yeah. gene and I didn't because I thought to myself well if I find out that I've got the gene oh I would have what do I do I don't want to double mastectomy yeah but I don't want 
want to. Really interesting, this subject. I really don't want it, to. It, this really resonates. I would have. No. This, oh, no, Selena. This really have. resonates with me. I think that's a bit... I took my mum to see her oncologist when she got her second breast cancer diagnosis. I just had my second child. So I was in my late 30s. And after he'd given her the diagnosis, and I watched all the colour drain from her face, mm -hmm. and he, you know, when he said to her, you're going to have to have belt and braces, radio and chemo again. Mm, um, and uh, he turned to me and he said to me, would you like genetic testing? And I said, no. Oh, did you? Yeah. And the reason being, and I'm really high up for it, because in between that period of mum having it, the 20 years between her, I'd also had my maternal grandmother have it as yeah, well. Yeah. So we knew that it was a familial yeah. link. Yeah. However, my feeling was the if I was told that I had the gene, there's still only a certain percentage chance that I would actually develop cancer. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to know what do we, what do you then do with that? As yeah. you said, well, you, you said a... exactly. But for me, that wasn't something yeah, that me, was an ironically, my stepdaughter has done mm. the bilateral um, vasectomy and had prosthetic implants, and she's not even back a positive. Really, but her mum died of breast cancer, and she was so concerned Ooh. about the concept of losing, you know, her her baby losing his his mum. Um, that she did that. I mean, she for, me, for me, I chose not to yeah, mainly because I just didn't want to live with the sword of Damocles hanging over my head. What if? What if? What if? She's what if great, it never happened? She's got yeah. great boobs now, though. Honestly, oh, I have so, to tell yeah. you, she's very, she's very brave. My really girlfriend brave. who had a double mastectomy because she did develop breast cancer and she had ovarian. She had the gene for both. She was BRCA positive. Had a double mastectomy and she's got better boobs than she had. Yeah, ever. I know. Katrina's a great. But that's probably. Um, they they said the same with with my stepdaughter because apparently because Steve had breast cancer, yeah. he wouldn't necessarily pass it down to his boys. More no, likely, more like, pass it oh, down right, to Jenna. Okay. So she was offered. I mean, she's only twenty seven, but she was offered if she wanted to go to the for the test. And, she, and we had a chat about it. And she said, "What should I do?" And I said, "Well, it's up to you." I said, "But." If they say to you, yes, you're positive, what are you going to do? She said, I'm not going to have my boobs off. I said, well, don't bother going for the test then. What's exactly. the point? I think if, if that's you, how you feel. If you, if you know in your head you're not going to put yourself through that, I'd rather not know. But and, and my oncologist said to me, fine, as long as you're regularly screened. Mm. But that's exactly the point. It's one thing if you're over 40, 45, mm. because actually you're going to be regularly screened, you're going to do your mammograms and all the rest of it. And... Yeah, so hopefully it'll be found. But actually, if you're that much younger, and that's the problem with the BRCA, is the BRCA tends but to be I'm much more aggressive. You see but it's well. not one hundred percent, is it? If they could say, right, you are one hundred percent going to get breast cancer that's because it's five. No, it's the percentages vary individually, person to person. Yes, there is anything from uh, six, thirteen, twenty percent. You might never develop it, even if you've got the BRCA gene. It, it obviously yeah. increases your yes. chances, but they can't give you a percentage of what oh, right, chance okay. you'd get. Yeah. Um, I think obviously if you've got lots of different cases. Or if you you're know, a warrior, if you think, oh my God, I'm going to be worried all my life. Yeah, it's, then which do is stepdaughter. Yeah, that was her attitude. Her. I think it's, a, it's admirable. So do I. They offered me, because I wasn't over 40 at the time, 
I started screening, but they screened by just doing ultrasound. Because? Free yeah. um, mammograms. Because mm-hmm. a mammogram doesn't work if you're too young. No, exactly. Yes, that's right. Yeah. But yeah. The tissue's too dense. That's it. Yeah. And I've got dense boobs. I, I have what they call dense boobs anyway. What does I, that mean? Dense well, the density of my tissue. <laughs> I've got very dense tissue in my boobs, so it's actually quite difficult to see if there's a lump or right. not. So you have to have an ultrasound... I have an ultrasound and a mammogram. You have them both. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame they can't just do the ultrasound and leave you out with the mammogram. Exactly. Yeah. I'd rather have that. Exactly. <laughs> I think everybody would. <laughs> the other thing is, when I went for my mammogram last week, it was a young lad. And I, I know, oh, I had a lad the other day, last I, time I, I went. Really, I, I, it was weird. I just didn't want it. I said, I'm really sorry. I said, I'm not oh, did you? Rude. I said, but please, can I have a woman? I just didn't did feel you? comfortable. But you, I know it doesn't bother you. Well, like no, that, I mean, I was surprised. I mean, first of all, I was surprised when it was a man. Very and then rare, I was... I would have thought. Yeah. And then I was slightly surprised at my response, which was in my head. It was like, <laughs> oh, God, it's a man. And then I had to chide myself. The guy was about 20. Yeah. I mean, come on. Do you know? And why do we not mind male gynecologists? I do. I'd rather have a woman. Oh, I... I yeah, just no, might. I'd rather have a woman. Actually, when it comes to female medicine, um, I've always found that I've preferred... Uh, not that I'm bothered, but I've always found that I've preferred a female gynae, um, a, a female uh, technician on a mammogram, mainly because I think that you think they might have more empathy and they understand and they, they know what you're going through. Possibly, but you know, I mean, empathy is empathy, isn't it? Some people are empathetic, some people aren't. True. Mm, yeah. No, I, do, I don't think it's a gender. I don't no, think there's as much know, of a gender I bias I do, I do in empathy. I think on, on female-oriented medical things i do think that you well i think the man was well the man was they've got the same things he was (laughs) i although my initial response was a bit sort of like inside i did think oh weird but i would genuinely say he was better he was more efficient was he gentler yeah that's what i was gonna ask (laughs) well it didn't hurt as much this time (laughs) really so i don't know whether that was because was him. he nice looking? He was a young lad. He was about 20. God, maybe your mind 20s. was distracted yeah. from your boobies. <laughs> I don't think so. He was in his 20s. I just feel sorry for them doing this. I mean, how can you ever, like, I was thinking of men do that kind of job, gynecologists and the mammogram people. Yeah. How can they ever find a woman's bits attractive after well, that's, that? That's well, true. My mom, that's I remember true. my mum saying, uh, and then being in the consulting room with her, with John Gazet, and her saying to me, you know, you must have the best job in the world looking at women's boobs all day long. And he said, oh my to God, be honest no. with you, he said most of them are not that great. <laughs> well, of course they aren't. I mean... But why would anybody training to be a doctor or whatever, a young lad, think, ah, oh, I'll be a gynaecologist? Why would you want to be a gynaecologist? I don't know. Good I don't hours. Get it. Or a Lots of money. Yeah, but you can get that from other places, can't you? Cooperatives. <laughs> uh, yeah. Weird. Well, I tell you what, ladies, this has been so delightful. <laughs> I feel like going home, sticking my head in the oven because I'm so happy now. I've been talking about death. And yeah, cancer I know. Sorry. And yeah, bits and the one thing I would like to add is I think that what we have done is we've sat and we've laughed at lots of things. As yeah. Well. Yeah. And I think that humour is a very important part of it. Yeah. And you know, keeping your morale up and keeping a sense of humour is so important when you're going through anything like yeah, this as well. I agree. Well, around 55,000 women and 370 men are diagnosed with breast cancer every year just in the UK, so it's important that you all get checked. Rachel and Michelle, thank you so much for joining us on the very first episode of